Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Okay, the Asian giant hornet, or the murder hornet. We've talked about them here on this program before. It has a quarter-inch long stinger. Uh, It wreaks havoc on honeybee colonies and crop fields. It also kills people. Uh, Dozens of people have been killed in other countries because of the murder hornet. Now, we found a way to kind of control them. We realized the scent of the queen, the pheromones that the queen pushes out, is primarily made of three different acids. So those are readily available. They make these traps with the pheromones, and pheromones, pheromones, amorphophallus, I know. No, stop. I don't need to hear it. And uh, so they build these traps, and the male hornets think that they're going to be getting a little queen business. And they show up at the trap, but no, they get stuck in the trap. It's kind of like the glue sticks for the rats. However, I learned something new about the murder hornets that uh, I did not like. Uh, I did not like this at all. Okay? Uh, We know now that uh, they, you know, obviously are responsible for deaths, as I said uh, earlier. But the best advice, if you're attacked by murder hornets, is don't swat at them, which is, you know, obviously a pretty good reaction. Your best choice is to run away as fast as possible, covering your face. Now, we all talked to, I remember talking about uh, Coyote Peterson's video where he stung himself. I mean, that's what Coyote does. He gets stung by these different (laughs) insects (laughs) on his YouTube channel. And he even said that uh, it uh, put him in momentous amounts of pain for around six hours. Okay. So we know that they sting and they, you know, give you the. neurotoxin called mandaroctoxin mandaroctoxin (laughs) yeah i know no no i don't need to hear it no i don't want to hear amorphophallus not today at least not this early in the show however the one thing that i didn't know about these stupid hornets the asian giant hornet the stupid murder hornet is that researchers have now found that the hornets are also capable of spraying venom into victims' eyes. (laughs) Which is why it's a good idea to cover your face and not swat them and just get away from them as fast as you can. That does not sound like fun. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So a prediction that I, well, this show, CTF, Chewing the Fat, predicted uh, not long ago has now come true. Uh, I told you that it's not going to be long when we were talking about uh, Starbucks not having uh, cups at their stores, a shortage of cups. They were just going to get to a point where it's just not, they're just not going to have cups anymore. You're just going to have to bring your own. Or we have some cups that we'll sell you and you can keep bringing them back. Reusable. Hey, yep. Uh, when the Starbucks in Seattle uh, reopened, 
last week that's amazing that they've been closed this long anyway uh that's another story in and of itself they found uh, the employees uh found that uh, the, dipo- the disposable paper and plastic cups yeah there's no they're not available anymore just reusable options i knew it i knew they couldn't do that anymore they, obviously i mean they believe it that uh you know they're adding to the great pacific garbage patch which doesn't exist but they claim they run through seven billion disposable cups every year that's worldwide so their shareholder meeting their latest shareholder meeting they unveiled the latest steps in taking uh to disposable cups oh They include more than 20 different iterations of tests across eight markets to figure out the best ways to ditch the single-use cup. By the end of next year, Starbucks customers will be able to use their own personal reusable cups for every Starbucks order in the United States and Canada, and that includes drive-through and mobile orders, which are currently excluded. So if you get mobile orders or drive-throughs, you still get the plastic cups. Isn't that special? They're just doing so many tests to understand how that it is most convenient for our customers and won't slow the drive-through line down for the person behind you and is also, you know, operationally friendly to our partners. Oh, okay. Well, that was Amelia Landers, Starbucks Vice President of Product Innovation. Here's an idea. How about you just let us continue to use your stupid plastic cups? Okay. Okay. Good. I mean, right now they claim that their disposable cups and lids make up 40% of the company's packaging waste. Okay. So the cup is 20% of our waste footprint globally, but more than that, it's an icon. This is Starbucks icon all around the world. And if we can replace this disposable cup, the symbol of waste, With this reusable, we completely change people's mindset. And at Starbucks, we can really set an example and change the whole industry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you sure could. It sure could change people's mindset. You know, like going to the place that gives you a cup. But getting customers, according to Starbucks, to ditch single-use cups has proved to be tricky so far. Oh, really? You think so? Eh, I don't know why. We've even learned from our consumer research is that even the most ardent champions of sustainability really do not claim that they carry a reusable cup around. What? People are carrying around their reusable cups? That's just dumb. <laughs> uh, Starbucks is also planning to try out new cup washing stations. Yeah, that'll go over great. New cup washing stations in Oahu, that's in Hawaii, and Arizona State University campus, that's in the state of Arizona. Customers will be able to have their personal cups cleaned before ordering their beverage. Oh, darn. Well, I know we had the, I mean, you want to cup washing station in those cafes because there's not enough room for the junkies that are going in to shoot up and wash up in your bathrooms and there's not enough room down in florida we had a guy that was uh you know pleasuring himself looking at the hot chicks getting starbucks 
at Miami Beach. So don't worry about it, Starbucks. You're fine. You've got you've got bigger fish to fry. The waste of your coffee cups. So anyway, I told you it was coming. Prediction from chewing the fat. All right, so time change. We just had a big time change last weekend. This weekend we have, uh, it's spring. It becomes spring, I guess, technically this weekend. But um, daylight savings time. Uh, what are we? We're in standard time now. I don't even remember. Spring ahead, fall back. It's just agonizing. So our Senate, uh, the United States Senate, Uh, The senatorial body unanimously approved a bill that would make daylight savings time permanent. And so, good. Let's make it happen. I don't want to hear the fight of it should be standard or should be savings time. I don't care. One of them needs to be chosen. And that's the one we go by. Have a nice day. So you still need the House of Representatives to approve the measure. And then you're going to need President Joseph Robinette Biden to sign the bill. So the legislation would go into effect. Now, if that all happens, which I find highly suspect, but if that all happens, then it will take effect in the fall of 2023 because Airlines and railroads and other mass transit operators have built out schedules based on the current timekeeping system. And Lord knows you can't give somebody short notice to change their schedules. You know, like making them close their business or telling them they can open back up. Stuff like that. You know, mandating stuff like that. You can't be expected to have them do that without any notice. (laughs) That's just dumb. (laughs) Uh, so this has been going on far too long i mean it started back in you know world war one and then people i love the article that talked about it was it was uh it was repealed because of its widespread unpopularity yeah yeah but even then even after the first time they did it there were a few states and cities, including New York, that went ahead and continued the practice. Hey, you know what? Uh, sure, it's unpopular, but we don't care. And so then it brought it back in World War II for three or four years. And then because it was wildly unpopular, they went ahead and got rid of it again. <laughs> uh, and then they brought it back. Uh, And then in the 70s, they changed it again, and then they just did the whole thing, set it up, and that's where where we've been at. So whatever one you choose, whatever one you want, I don't care. Savings, standard, call it. You can even come up with a new name for it, for all I care, just so that the time stays the same, okay? Time is our construct, right? It doesn't matter. We just need something to be able to uh, schedule our life and time around, our life and uh, schedules around. If that's the clock, that's the clock. But make it the time. Just choose one. Just choose one. Otherwise, call me or email me, chewingthefatattheblaze.com, and I'll choose for you. Okay, I'll read all your little, hey, this one needs to be standard. Hey, this needs to be uh, savings, and then I'll decide. I'll be the judge. I'll get my gavel out and everything. I'll put my judge robe on, and I'll decide. And all you other places, too, that, uh, you know, Hawaii and 
the non-Navajo areas of Arizona that play along or don't play along or whatever part of, uh, you know, Amish land that you're in that don't play along. I don't care. Uh, we're going to one time and that's what it is. The world is going to survive. Our world, the United States of America is going to go on this time. There's going to be different time zones still. I get that, but it's going to be one time. Okay. One time, 24, seven, 365. All right, good. We've got that settled. <laughs> uh, good. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Hey, don't forget, uh, you can uh, always email the show, chewingthefat at theblaze.com, and let me know what you're thinking about, how you're feeling. I've got an email from Nathaniel I want to read to you that uh, makes me love you, the Chewing the Fat listener. But before I get to Nathaniel's email, I want to remind you that you can also use that email address, chewingthefatattheblaze.com, to let me know if you want to be a contestant in the game show, What's the Lie? So uh, you can email me and let me know you want to be a contestant, and then I'll get back to you and let you know how it all works. Also, a little secret for you here, okay? At the end of each show now, uh, I'm going to give you the bingo squares. What bingo squares, you ask? Well, Pat Gray Unleashed, a show that I'm a part of uh, at least a couple times a week and sometimes more, uh, is doing their bingo. And if you are, you know, get the first person to call the show with, uh, you know, with a bingo, all, you know, obviously squares checked off, uh, either, you know, horizontally, diagonally, or uh, vertically, you are a winner. You call the show and then they'll give you a prize. Well, you should listen to Packer Unleashed every day. I absolutely believe that. It's a show worth listening to. And, you know, but it, I know sometimes you can't. So at the end of this show every day, I'm going to give you the squares that got checked off. So, I mean, you're welcome. Okay. All right. Good. So the email from Nathaniel. Uh, <laughs> Jeffy. I was listening to your podcast from a couple of days ago, and I heard you mention China winning the Paralympics. I started thinking about China and their mistreatment of athletes, and then I had this disturbing thought. What if they take normal athletes and start chopping off arms or legs to get them to compete in the Paralympics? Maybe that's how they win. Think about it. That's actually a great point uh, i would not put that past china i was i would hope and pray that that doesn't happen but it would not surprise me one little bit that's a great call nathaniel and that is why i love you the chewing the fat listeners have you watched the adam project yet i know we're in the break room the adam project on netflix with uh what's his face you know, Ryan Reynolds. And uh, so it was a fun ride. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, the kid that plays a young Ryan Reynolds uh, is really good. Uh, so the movie is after accidentally crash landing in 2022, time traveling fighter pilot Adam Reed, uh, Jonathan writes Ryan Reynolds, uh, teams up with his 12 year old self 
for a mission to save the future. What? Yeah, I know. The kid, uh, Walter Scobell, uh, young Adam, is awesome. He does a great job. Jennifer Garner's in it as well. But, okay, so I enjoyed the movie. It was a fun ride. The only thing that killed me in this whole movie, and I know it's on me, and I really worked hard to get past it, but and so I made it through the whole movie because I had you know my daughter and my father-in-law and I just put it on as we're going to watch it. I don't care whether you like it or not, you watch it. And so uh, I think my father-in-law ended up leaving that. No, he watched it all because we talked about the time travel. Um, so uh, Mark Ruffalo is in it. He plays Ryan, Ryan and Walter, the young Adam's dad and Jennifer's husband, uh, who is dead in the future. But at the time that they go back, he's still alive. Anyway, it's just he drives me crazy. He's been in all these hit movies. He's made a ton of money. He's such a douche in real life. And you know what? He's not that great of an actor. I'm sorry. No. I know he's a big star. And he's a big name for whatever reason. But uh, he's, he's, just, he's not that good. I'm sorry. Don't give him work anymore. Anyway, Ryan is funny, and I like Ryan a lot. And, you know, it's embarrassing the way his wife looks at me, Blake Lively. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. She can look at me any way she wants. But it's a fun ride if you haven't seen it on Netflix. I realize I see now where Netflix has lost all its pandemic gains. Huh. The streaming service shares were uh, more than 50% down from the company's 52-week high. Wow. That is not good for Netflix. Okay? That is not good for Netflix. I'm not sure what's up with them, what's going on. You know, they had big gains during the pandemic. They have, uh, you know, maybe this, I think, you know, people are obviously coming back to the workplace and getting out to, uh, you know, not getting out of the house. So they're trying to blame some of it on going back to the theaters, but that's not really was Netflix bag, right? Um, they need to get, they need to get into some kind of live thing. Uh, you know, they're fighting with, uh, you know, Amazon and, uh, uh, Google and, uh, ESPN and NBC. And now Apple, we're getting into that live broadcast world. So I know that wasn't really their bag, but, you know, we'll see if they can, you know, make it out. However, I see, and this could be an issue with Netflix. You know, maybe it's just me, but I see where we're going to have the great Barack Obama is going to narrate a Netflix series, Our Great National Parks. Isn't that wonderful? Now, I just want to be clear, all right? I love the national parks, and I have the National Geographic authors on simply because I love the parks so much, and there's so much history there and so many stories inside of all these parks. It's just really cool. But I do not, personally, I do not want to hear Barack Obama telling me about our great national parks. I don't care. I I can't do it. I can't do it. So... I don't know if that has anything to do with the stock falling. Maybe it's just a coincidence, but, well, just but. I mean, people are getting back out 
into the world right and so that does that is going to affect your netflix you know time spent viewing and or listening i mean we last week was what the two-year anniversary of the pandemic and i guess technically we still are in the pandemic i don't believe the uh who the world health organization not the band has uh, kicked us out of the pandemic yet but i mean we have u.s air passengers at 87 percent of pre-covid levels we have nyc subway ridership 56 percent of pre-covid levels office occupancy 38 percent u.s box office projected uh, to be 60% of 2019 levels. It's projection. I don't know that we're going to get that. NFL attendance per game average was up 0.9%. Uh, Zoom stock down. Netflix stock down. And I know that we're in the, you know, like I said, last we were in the spring and we feel like we're done with COVID, but the numbers are still alive. And well, I mean, COVID hasn't disappeared and obviously it's not going to disappear at all. But we have, you know, China locking down cities again. Uh, the city of uh, Chengchun has been shut down after COVID-19 cases surfaced uh, this past Friday. 98 cases found in the province. So lock it down. Nine million residents. Oh, Okay. No problem. I thought they were they all vaccinated. Didn't China just vaccinate the whole damn country? I don't know. I don't know. I know the Pfizer CEO is talking about the fourth booster shot, trying to get approval. Um, I just got a a call on my phone telling me that the booster shots are available. (laughs) That's so nice of them. (laughs) Letting me know if the booster shots are available. They called my phone with a local phone number, which I, so I picked it up because I thought it was, uh, you know, someone else. And, uh, and I usually, I am kicking myself because I usually do not answer if, if I don't know who it is, but I thought it was actually someone that I knew that didn't have that I didn't have in the phone anyway, and so I picked it up and, and it was just a uh, it wasn't a bill collector this time it was a uh, it was the government telling me that the booster shots are available. <laughs> yeah, they told me it in English. They told me it in Spanish. They told me it in some. I don't know what language it was. It could have been Vietnamese. It could have been Chinese. It could, I don't know what it was. And then it told me, and then they wanted me to answer their question of whether I was going to get the booster. Am I going to get the booster? Have I already had the booster or am I not going to get the booster? And I went to push the number and I pushed the wrong button and hung up. So they don't know the answer. Darn it. So those of you still wondering, yes, Russia is still at war with Ukraine or Ukraine is at war with Russia, however you want to look at it. And uh, the head of Ukraine spoke to our Congress today. So we'll see if anything comes of that. Uh, I wish people would stop talking about World War III. I'm sick of hearing about it. I don't want to put it out there in space. It's already out there now. Just stop it. Uh, Let's not talk about that okay 
If we don't talk about it, then it won't happen. I see where the EU has imposed sanctions on the Chelsea soccer club owner, Roman Abramovich. Uh, And so they're, you know, targeting Russia. Really? I mean, it's just a Russian billionaire. So friends of friends of friends. And he's a, you know, Russian billionaire. So we're just going to sanction him. And I don't know that I, you know, look. I think it's ridiculous that we're sanctioning, you know, a billionaire because he's from Russia. Um, he owns the soccer club. The guy has a lot of money. I don't know how much money he has. There are reports that he has, you know, $23, 24000000000 billion. It's not bad. I, I would like to have, you know, a few of those billions from Roman for myself. But I was reading a story about the Russian billionaire, Roman Abramovich, and he owns, uh, I don't know, he owns a couple of the world's largest super yachts. Uh, I think he will get, uh, he's going to get dwarfed with Jeff Bezos's new yacht, if Bezos can ever get it out into the ocean. But, uh, well, even if he doesn't, I mean, if he's finished with the yacht and it just sits there at the dock, it's still the largest yacht in the world. But uh, he owns uh, the one Eclipse super yacht. It's one of the world's largest vessels. And he's paid so much money. He used to have parties on this yacht, okay? It was reported one party that he held, a New Year's Eve party on his yacht, he paid Lady Gaga $2.9 million to perform at the bash. Uh, I mean, if you're Lady Gaga, you're not turning down, and she didn't, $2.9 million. <laughs> Okay. And according to this, it was a $1 million bonus just for playing a 90-minute concert on New Year's Eve. Anybody seen Gaga? No, she's out on Abramovich's yacht making 3 or $4 million. Holy cow. I mean, it was an A-list event, according to this, 300 guests. Uh, Sean Diddy Combs, Beyonce, Jay-Z, and, you know, the who's who of the who's who are on the yacht celebrating New Year's Eve, doing whatever it is they want to do, and paying Gaga, you know, three or four million. <laughs> now, they uh, they welcome the New Year's uh, in, uh, at, in St. Bart's, and I guess, uh, you know, he looked bored. He had uh, Salma Hayek there and Demi Moore. And, uh, you know, he also, uh, the Black Eyed Peas were there. I mean, I don't know. He's just throwing a big party. He's just spending money because he can, right? So, okay. Uh, I know he had other bashes where he had uh, Kanye, Prince performed, Gwen Stefani, Beyonce performed. I mean, the guy is living the good life. So... Do I feel, you know, really bad about this guy getting sanctioned? Not so much. However, should he be sanctioned? No. No, he should not. I mean, this is almost the houses of the hoity-toity, the yacht itself, okay? I mean, apparently this was, uh, cost him $590 million. It's uh, divided into nine decks, holds one main helipad on the front. The granite floor of the of the pool rises to sit flush with the deck to form a dance floor where a lot of action, you know, 
takes place. Uh, and uh, it's got a high-tech anti-paparazzi system that detects and disrupts a potential picture. Sweet. <laughs> it's got an intruder detection alarms, missile defense system. Okay, yeah, let's hang out there. It's got uh, 6,000 square feet of living space and 600 doors, according to this. Uh, Fully equipped 77 square uh, meter gym, of course. A beach club, beauty salon, tender garage, and a deck jacuzzi. I mean, and then if if that doesn't suit you, how about you go to the atrium? And uh, maybe you go to the open patio level for the views of wherever you're at. What do you think about that? (laughs) So I'm hard-pressed to feel sorry for Roman, but it's not right that the friends of the friends of the friends are getting sanctioned because Putin is... uh, This is And actually, this is what's going to end Putin, right? I mean, the oligarchs were on his side because he made them all rich. And he made, and they made uh, Putin rich, right? And the country was going okay. And now, if all these rich guys are getting sanctioned and coming on board, uh, they're going to go back to Vlad and say, "Dude, uh, what up, bro?" Uh, and that's that's exactly what they're going to say too. They're going to show up at the Kremlin. Yo, Vlad, what up, bro? And then that might be the last time you hear from them. You never know. I know they said, remember the lady, the story of the lady that held up the sign on the news report and they took her away and arrested? The one story I read was that she was fined. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You call it whatever you want, but I'm sure that she was fined. You know, and I mentioned, I, th- I think I mentioned on this show that uh, the Four Sixes, the ranch in Texas, that is part of a Yellowstone television series and part of 1883 television series. And, you know, Taylor Sheridan is doing his part. He's probably got some other shows that he's going to be filming there. Well, he just bought the ranch. Isn't that special? Four sixes. Uh, he just bought it. And uh, look, the ranch was established in 1870. It has 266,255 plus acres in West Texas. Oh, that's it though? I mean, that's just a small little little working ranch in West Texas. It was listed for sale at $341 million. It's about uh, 115 miles uh, to the east of uh wichita falls and fort worth is 200 miles to the southeast lubbock is 95 miles to the west right there king county i don't know why you're you're looking at me i'm holding up my hand to show you where it's at in the state so it's a 6666 ranch and they pronounce it four sixes but just incredible the the daughter was it the daughter or the great granddaughter no, i'm sorry not the not the daughter the great granddaughter just died in 2020 and so that's why the ranch was up for sale and i mean it couldn't go to a better guy taylor sheridan plus what a deal so he buys this ranch the four sixes 
for 341 million or whatever he paid for it i mean he's going to be filming shows there so he's renting the property from himself (laughs) it'll be paid off soon it'll be paid off very soon so congratulations to taylor sheridan uh, for owning the four sixes ranch in texas Okay, this story has been driving me crazy. So it's kind of the wussification of athletes uh, continuing on. It's an ongoing process of the wussification of athletes. But tennis star Naomi Osaka was heckled this past weekend at Indian Wells Tennis Tournament and started crying, asked the chair umpire if she could address the crowd following the conclusion of the second game. And the umpire said, uh, do so after the match which she lost by the way to veronica kudermatova who is ranked 24th in the world uh 6064 uh, osaka is currently 78th uh, ranked women's tennis player in the world uh and when they say heckled uh one person yelled naomi you suck <laughs> now and nobody wants to be told they suck i get it i do i truly do but you're a professional athlete playing on a world stage and if someone says you suck it really shouldn't bother you in fact it should give you strength but after the match they did give her the mic. Hey. Uh, uh, I just wanted to say thank you. Oh, thank you? Um, I just want to say thank you? For what? For cheering after your loss? Anyway, thank you. Thank you. Oh, she's wiping away tears. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I've cried enough on camera, but, um... Yeah, you have, actually. Yeah, well, I just wanted ahead. to say, um... Um... Yeah. Oh. Don't worry about those Don't worry about that. See what I mean? Um, to be honest, it, I've gotten heckled before. Like, it didn't really bother me. Oh, really? But, um, Oh, I don't know that that's true. It's... Like, heckled here. Like, I've watched a video of Venus and Serena getting heckled here. Uh huh. If you've never watched it, you should watch it. Okay, I will. And I don't know why, but. Like, it, it went into my head and I. Right? I played a lot. Uh huh. Um, I'm trying not to cry. Oh, I know. Go ahead. Take your time. It's okay, baby. <sighs> I just wanted to say thank you and um, congratulations. Oh, yeah. She didn't say her name, but congratulations to the, you know, the girl who kicked your butt on the court. She's sitting over there thinking, dear Lord. On behalf of everybody here that uh, out of about 10,000 people, one person's voice can't weigh out 9,999 others. And we love you here. Yay. And of course, she knows that, except that that's not the way it really is. Is it, Naomi? No, it isn't. Because that one voice did make a huge difference, right? Difference. Now, she's been the center of mental health conversation surrounding athletes 
who are consistently in the public eye ever since her withdrawal from the 2021 French Open, citing long bouts of depression as the reason. And after back in August, after some time off, she was at a press conference and she was asked about how she balances everything. And she began to answer and then she began to cry. And then she left the podium for about five minutes. That's what one of the things that she was talking about is that, yeah, I feel like I've been I've cried enough on camera lately. And then she came back uh, at that same time in August and said that she she spoke of her difficulties through COVID, including the lack of social interaction. The pandemic has created. I don't know. I think differently. This whole COVID thing was really stressful with the bubbles and not seeing people and not having the interactions. But I think, like, I guess seeing the state of the world, how everything is in Haiti and how everything is in Afghanistan right now is definitely really crazy. Oh, okay. Uh, I remember that was back in August. So this particular time, she referenced the incident in 2001 when Serena Williams was around in a booed throughout her final match at Indian Wells. Now, ask yourself, and she said she couldn't help, you know, go back to that and, uh, you know, bring that up. Let's let's wonder, why was Venus boo? And by the way, uh, as we uh, go back to Serena being booed, uh, Venus and her dad, uh, King Richard, were also booed at, uh, at Indian Wells. The dad, Richard, said the crowd directed racial slurs his way. I don't think so, but, you know, if you say so, okay, I believe you, and they shouldn't have done that. However, I mean, they boycotted. The Williams boycotted Indian Wells for a long time, uh, 10, I think even more than 10 years, maybe 13 or 14 years, something like that, before they would go back there. However, why were they being booed? And let's take a look at what happened during the event. Um, Serena won, okay? Uh, She kicked ass. And she won the tournament and then she left and she said that she cried in the car and she was upset and she vowed never to return again and, and fine, whatever, uh, you know, that's fine, but she didn't do it out on the court. She continued because she used that as her strength. Now, why were the Williams family, particularly Serena on the court booed and then Venus and her dad in the crowd Why were they booed? Why was it the darkest moment of her career? That's what Serena called it. Okay. All right. Yeah, 14 years. I mean, this happened in 2001, and she didn't play again until 2015. Right. So, I mean, that's a long time. Uh, Anyway, uh, so what happened? What happened? Well, her opponent at Indian Wells was supposed to be her sister, Venus. 20 minutes before game time, uh, Venus pulled out of the event, citing a knee injury. Oh, oh, my knee. Oh, oh, my knee. And so Serena played the number two in line at the event. Oh, so they were being booed because they weren't playing each other. And Venus and dad was being booed because the audience thought dad pulled Venus because he decided that Serena needed to win. So it's a little bit different, isn't it, Naomi, than what you happen to have happen with one person telling you you suck. 
but I know you are a part of the mental health conversation surrounding athletes, and I get it. You're having long bouts of depression. I get it. And I know that you're, you know, 78th in the world now as far as women tennis players go. But, you know, I I understand. I, I understand, Naomi. And darn it, man. I wish that one person didn't say you suck. But they did. And you had to cry. I love the fact that I want to speak. Yeah. Um, no. No, that's not happening. <laughs> I just got the mic at the end. But, I mean, it's just incredible. So, obviously, it's a... Uh, all right, I'm going to stop now. I get it. Okay. That's her problem. And she's dealing with it in the way that she knows how to deal with it. But I just want you to know that I did go back. <laughs> I did go back. And watch the videos and listen to the interviews from 2001, Naomi. And it's not the same thing. Okay. I should uh, I should just wrap it up. I'm sorry. I got carried away with Naomi. It drives me insane, the wussification. I get it if you're depressed or whatever. You don't feel, but you don't want to do it. But you're out there. You're a professional athlete. You're the top of the pile, the heap. That's it. It's you. People want to look up to you. I don't want to see you whining on the court because somebody said you suck. So what? My gosh, it's just just amazing to me. That's all. Okay. Uh, remember, uh, this is uh, has to do with uh, the Pat Gray bingo. Uh, if you're you must listen to Pat Gray Unleashed. I already told you that, but I know you can't listen all the time, and because of that. I'm here for you, okay? I'm the Pat Gray Bingo Whisperer. The total amount of squares covered today. Ten. Ten squares have been crossed off. Biden, let's go Brandon, I agree. Fifteen days to flatten the curve. I haven't grown a third tail. Keith's watershed moment. Write your own jokes from Jeffy. Which I did this morning. What what a world. Suboptimal. Keith mentions at the com. Keith, I mean. And Carmen Line. Those were all mentioned on Pat Gray Bingo this week so far. There has been no bingo. If you get bingo and you're the first person to call the show, you will win a prize. Okay? Okay, then. Thank you so much. Have a good day. And, hey, remember, okay, listen to background leads, but I'm here for you as the bingo whisperer. So don't say anything to anybody, okay? Shh. Mum's the word. and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.